What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 23. I'm Grant, joined by my co-hosts Ori and Austin. Um, so just to get into it today, uh, the Chiefs lost 31-24. to uh, Mahomes was obviously not playing, uh, but Matt Moore, he did hold it down. Um, I was impressed with what I saw overall. Um, you know, I, like I said, we came into this game really without any expectations. Um, so it was really nice to just see the Chiefs really go in there um, into Sunday and compete because I'm not sure a lot of people expected the Chiefs to even compete. Um, but, you know, 31-24, um, that's decent. That's actually dead on with what I predicted. Um, so I'm going to go play the slots or go buy some scratch-offs or something um, and, you know, try to try to build off of that luck that I had going there. Yeah, that might not happen the rest of the year, score-wise. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, unfortunately, it, I predicted the correct score for the Chiefs to lose. Like, if it had been 31-24 Chiefs, uh, I would have been happy. So, that'd oh, be yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it happens. It happens. Um, moving on to the things that impressed us um, in, in this uh, matchup against the Packers. Um, first and foremost, the fact that the team just didn't rush Patrick Mahomes back. Um, that was one thing, you know, I know all three of us, we were sitting there and we're like, you know, he shouldn't play. Um, I, I thought they made the right decision in, in him not playing. And I think a lot of it was just, you know, posturing and hoping that the, the Packers would try to game plan for Mahomes a little bit, even though he wasn't going to play. Um, and then obviously he, they immediately ruled him out on Friday. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, the team's decision to not play Patrick Mahomes? I think it was the right one. Uh, I know everybody wants to watch him play, and everybody wanted it to be the Mahomes versus Rodgers night, but it just wasn't in the cards for us. Um, I know that he. I heard it, he said that if it was a playoff game, he would have been out there. I believe that. Um, but at this point, there's no need to rush him back. Uh, wait till he gets healthy. Wait for the rest of the you know, the offensive line to get healthy because they weren't back either. So um, I don't know. Maybe if the, if the offensive line would have been able to come back, they might have put him in, but probably still still probably not. But uh, just definitely, I think it was the best decision. Yeah, I think if we have a younger coaching staff, they maybe let him choose. And I feel like he probably would have chose to be out there um, regardless of, you know, how he felt, if he felt 100 or not. So I am grateful that, you know, Andy stood up for – you know, what he knew was going to be right. And in the end, um, you know, we didn't end up getting the win, but we looked pretty good um, for having our backup quarterback in there, our third string pretty much, and then most of that O-line out. So I was I was impressed with uh, our overall play in the game and us being pretty close in the score at the end of the game. Yeah, um, I mean, what were our expectations going into this game? I think I don't really think anybody expected the Chiefs to, you know, come in and be what they normally were. Um, so it was good to see Matt Moore at least go out there and, you know, give us some hope at least. Um, and if it so happens that Matt Moore needs to start uh, this week against the Vikings, at least we know Matt Moore can win the football game. Uh, moving on to the next thing that impressed, um, that was the defensive backs. Once again, um, our cornerbacks and our safeties have been really good in the past game. Uh, we only allowed 101 yards to the wide receivers which is pretty crazy. I know Geronimo Allison and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, Jake Kumaro, those aren't the three best guys in the world. Um, but to hold them to 101 yards with Aaron Rodgers throwing to them is a pretty good job. And like I mentioned, um, Darius Ward, he's 
over the last seven weeks, um, he's allowing 27 yards a game, um, and he's fourth in passer rating allowed. Passer rating allowed, which is, I mean, I don't think anybody really expected him to do that. Um, so it's really nice to see Travarius Ward come out and uh, you know establish himself in this defense, especially whenever we, you know, are, we weren't really sure what to expect from this cornerback group. You know, he's stepped up um, since week one. Whenever he you know, we weren't really sure what we had with him week one, and uh, he gave up 123 yards. Uh, it's kind of concerning. Uh, but since then, he's been phenomenal. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, and I think the, the thing that you said that was most important was that uh, it doesn't really matter about the receiver receivers because we know Rodgers can throw to anybody, and, you know, he's going to be make, making plays. But um, we really he didn't really dice us up that much. I, I thought it would be a lot worse. I thought that um he'd kill us like yeah he made some just rogers-esque throws that were were crazy to see and things like that but uh he didn't definitely didn't destroy our dbs at all and um for them to step up like that uh is definitely key um because at the beginning of the year we thought we were going to be uh toast in the in the white in the db game but uh they've definitely stepped up um we need we need the linebackers to do the same we need to figure out something with what's going on with it going on with that um, but yeah, the DVs have been pretty good. Yeah, the other thing that we kind of forgot to mention is the fact that we almost had a couple of interceptions as well, which would have, you mm-hmm. know, sort of the stats and, you know, probably put us in contention for winning that game. We definitely would have had to, you know, punt on that fourth and three had we had those, or maybe we would have chose to punt, and but we would have been in a better position had we had those interceptions. Um, so yeah, I was very impressed. I feel like that's not going to go away the rest of the season. We can definitely maybe fall back on them, um, especially you know going against one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, we don't have to do that much more often the rest of the season. So, yeah, and I think uh, you know Traverius Ward he had that diving um, almost interception, mm-hmm. um, and then Tyron Matthew had that crazy one-handed um, play in the end zone that he almost picked off and like he almost pulled it into his body. Um, and then it popped out at the last second. So it would have been it would been pretty cool to see those guys um, make a play on one of those balls. Um, obviously, it would have changed the momentum of the game a little bit and possibly the outcome as well. But, you know, you can't come away with all of them. Um, and whenever your defensive backs aren't securing uh, those turnovers, one of the one things that you want to see is your pass rush, you know, putting pressure on these guys. Um, and in creating sacks and uh, pressures on the quarterback to force him into some mistakes. Um, and our pass rush did just that. Um, they had five sacks and 21 pressures. That's without Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Alex Okafer for most of the game. Um, I don't I don't even know what to say, honestly. Um, I didn't expect to put any pressure on Aaron Rodgers, um, especially without Frank Clark um, coming off the edge there. And they came in and they created five sacks and 21 pressures with your two best pass rushers probably being Alex, or I mean, uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Tano Passanio. Yeah, and it was crazy um, that they were able to get back there that much. But I think uh, something that you could uh, attribute that to is what we just talked about is the defensive backs playing good coverage, giving the pass rushers time to get back there and get to Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers is hard, a hard one to take down because he, he can actually be pretty slippery. Uh, when it comes to the pass rush, but um, yeah, they've been really good. It's going to be really exciting to see um, see how it all works out when the D line's healthy. They're going to be really scary once they get back with Chris Jones, and uh, we kind of kind of get back to what we wanted them to be, or we thought they could be at the beginning of the season. Um, and 
the way that they've looked so far, I know we've they made Spagnuolo's made some adjustments, and uh, it's just going to be really fun to see uh, when everybody gets back healthy. Yeah, it, it took a couple more weeks than expected for the new defense to set in, but now that it's in, you know, the D-backs are forcing. We're getting coverage sacks, which is pretty crazy. That hasn't, you know, that was never going to be an expectation for our D-backs, and our pass rush is finally coming together. Um, so, like you said, um, once, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark and we have everybody back healthy, we should be pretty pretty formidable on defense if we can get our linebackers to get better in coverage. Yeah, and uh, speaking of our pass rush, uh, let's talk about Alex Okafor real quick. Uh, did you all see the video? No. no you didn't see the not. video of whenever he got hurt? Oh, oh, yeah, where Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, like, turned at, like, the slowest oh thing I've gosh. ever seen. It, it was still broke his ankle. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. He got his ankle legitimately, like, whenever somebody says he broke his ankles, yeah. Aaron Rodgers Ugh. literally broke this dude's ankle. And he, like, bent his leg back, and then whenever he realized that he had just gotten his ankles broken, he just, like, flailed around and fell yeah. down. I it have no just... idea what happened. It was terrible. And it, it, it was so funny because... It looked like Rogers was moving like one mile per hour, and he kind of just like turns, and then he like Okafor just like loses his mind and like tries to pull back. It was, it was terrible. But it's completely different if that's Lamar Jackson or you know a speedy quarterback. But no, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's not even moving fast. He probably hates that. I know. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is these guys they had gotten called earlier, kind of a BS call um, for a late hit out of bounds, and now they're like Aaron Rodgers is sitting there running out of bounds. Mm. And, you know, Okafor basically stops running and Aaron Rodgers, you know, throws a little juke move in there and heads back the other direction. So, like, these guys weren't prepared for that at all. And uh, Alex Okafor just found himself in a bad spot. Yeah, you know, all the guys are going to give him shit for that for for quite a while with that video. Once he he gets healthy, of course. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine what's going on in the film room right now. If they're watching film on that, Alex Okafor is getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah. I wish, oh yeah, I wish they need to they need to record that and post it. That's got to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, the next thing that impressed was uh, just Matt Moore's ability to hold it down. Really, uh, 267 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and he really, honestly, like I, I was impressed. He sat back in the pocket. Um, he made some throws downfield. Uh, made some tight window throws. Uh, there was a couple plays where he was off off target a little bit, uh, especially at the beginning of the game. He was a little bit off. Um. Kind of attributed to our slow start. Um, but once he got going, um, I mean, he really looked like Alex Smith out there. I think that when you look at it, he didn't really get outplayed by Aaron Rodgers that much. Uh, yes, Rodgers made those crazy throw, a couple crazy throws and won the game. Uh, but when you when you look at the numbers, like they're not too far different. Uh, he obviously, Matt Moore put us in a chance, uh, gave us a chance to win the game. And I mean, really, that's all you can ask for out of a, third string guy who was not even in the league last year. He was at Kyler Murray's pro day, which they showed about, about 30 times on the T on the TV. But um, yeah, he played really good. Um, I'm, I'm confident that he can, we can win with him uh, until Mahomes can get back. Um, obviously that was a really tough game going against the, one of the better teams in the league right now. And one of the best, if not best quarterback in the league, you know, barring Mahomes, however you feel about that. But um, yeah, it was, it was definitely impressive. Yeah, he was also like stepping back in the pocket and waiting 
for throws and getting hit for throws, which I thought was pretty big from a third string guy. Um, you know, just to have the awareness that, um, you know, it was going to be worth it to take that hit a couple of times. And, you know, like you said, he was pretty slow at the start of the game. He missed Sammy pretty bad early. Um, and then Sammy kind of had a rough game, but I thought that Matt Moore, for the most part, put the ball where he needed to. Um, and definitely, like we, we said in the last podcast, he just gave us the chance to win. You know, he was just giving the offense the opportunity that they needed to go out and score when we could. And, uh, you know, you know, if we get a turnover defensively, that's a different game. Or Shady doesn't fumble. Yeah, and I think uh, with Matt Moore here, it's kind of it kind of brings up a little bit of a quarterback controversy, and it's not with Mahomes, obviously. Um, but I wonder if they're going to bring back Chad Henney now uh, that you know Matt Moore went out there and showed that he's a competent quarterback because the Chiefs don't typically carry three quarterbacks on the active roster, um, and now they have the option to not recall Chad Henney from IR. I know Chad Henney; they signed him for a reason. One of those reasons is because Chad Henney's good on the headset. Um, you know, in there with, you know, crunching stuff with Mahomes on the sideline after drives. Um, so maybe Matt Moore doesn't really have that aspect to him um, that, you know, Chad Haney provides. And, you know, it's possible that they move on from Matt Moore once Haney's activated. Um, but honestly, I don't, I really don't know if, if they're going to end up activating Haney simply because Matt Moore proved that he can be a competent quarterback um, when Mahomes goes down. And we haven't really seen that from Chad Haney. Um, but anyway, moving on to the next topic, um, Damian Wilson bounces back after a couple bad weeks. Um, he missed a few tackles and, um, you know, the last couple weeks and just kind of really wasn't himself. Um, and then he comes into Sunday and he gets one sack, four pressures and four tackles, uh, which was really good to see from him. Um, he kind of struggled, uh, in coverage again, um, I think he allowed, you know, I think it was like three three targets, um, allowed three receptions in like 35 yards or something like that. But, I mean, his game isn't exactly um, a coverage guy. So, I mean, it was good to see him come out and, you know, play that true Sam linebacker position um, and, you know, blitz the quarterback a little bit, create some pressures, um, and take some pressure off the defensive line and edge rushers. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt that he'd had a couple of rough games. Not only were, you know, fans and other people saying that, but people closer to the situation also, you know, obviously had noticed that he was lacking um, play style-wise, and so it's good to see him get back on track and, uh, you know, come out, like you said, with those four pressures, four tackles. Definitely had a great game um, as compared to the weeks past. Yeah, we definitely have seen... That we know that Wilson has the ability to do it. Um, maybe he was just just getting everything figured out, um, getting in the scheme. I think a lot of it is attributed to um, Spagnuolo switching things up. Um, he's but in the way the way that he has set up recently, uh, Wilson's been playing a lot better, and um, hopefully he continues to to get that going. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, kind of moving on into what disappointed. Um, Kind of our, our linebackers' inability to cover the running backs, which we kind of just talked about. Wilson wasn't that great in coverage. Um, you know, it, we it's we we thought they'd make an adjustment uh, as the game went on, but they really didn't. Uh, we've had trouble with this in the past, and I know Aaron Jones is a really good running back, uh, but we just we can't put our our linebackers on them every single time. We got to give them some help if they're not going to be able to uh, do it themselves, which they've shown that they're not capable of right now. 
so we got to get them some type of help and I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out or it's going to get pretty bad versus some of the better line back, uh, running backs we face. Yeah, watching Ben Neiman stand 11 yards back from, uh, you know, Aaron Jones on the actual last play of the game, you know, that mattered, and watching Aaron Jones just walk to the first down, catch the ball, turn around, and, uh, you know, they had already highlighted that that was going to happen. The Chiefs should have known. They should have moved Neiman up or at least got him some help, but no. Um, so I don't know how long that can continue to keep going on without, uh, you know, Spags just fixing it. Hopefully this is the last game, the last opportunity that running backs have to just get free yards every time. But I don't know. What do you think, Grant? Yeah, I don't know what the call was there. Um, I'm not sure why Neiman was lined up 10 yards, 11 yards off the off the line of scrimmage. That was, that was concerning. Um, I don't know if <laughs> – I don't know. Um, but I – why you're lined up 10 or 11 yards off the line of scrimmage whenever it's, what was it, four Thanks. yards to the first down? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And uh, you like did not even get beat, but there's, you're going to, they're not going to be going for the, all they have to do is that, that yardage. They're not worried about getting past you. Like, it doesn't make any sense for him to be back that far. Yeah. And that was something last year um, that was just horrible. That happened over and over again last year. That was one of the big things that, you know, was pissing everybody off with last year's defense was, um, you know, how they did that. Um, but speaking on the linebackers' inability to cover, so Wilson, Hitchens, and Ben Neiman had, were targeted 11 times total, and they allowed 11 receptions. Yeah. So, I mean, that just goes to show um, that that's nothing new. I mean, Wilson has – and it – the thing is, is with linebackers and coverage, they're not going to sit here and bat down a ton of passes. They have a high reception rate because it's usually screen passes or short passes that are easy to complete. Um, and so the ball is caught quite often. Um, what you want to see, though, is these guys, you know, make a tackle for a loss or uh, make a tackle for a short gain. And our linebackers aren't doing that. I mean, we saw Hitchens get burnt down the sideline on a wheel route. Um, we saw Neiman give up 10 or 12 yards um, on that on that last uh, offensive or the last actual play of the game. Um, so, I mean, like we need to put somebody out there. I, I wish that they would put out Dorian O'Daniel. Um, I don't know what the deal is, um, but I mean, the guys that we have out there covering right now just aren't working. So I'd like to see them get Dorian O'Daniel some work and uh, try to cover those uh, running backs or, or tight ends or whatever, whoever it is that's beating us over the middle um, on a game to game basis. Cause at some, sometimes it's been the tight ends. Um, I know we struggled with tight ends against the Texans. I mean, Fells uh, and whoever the other guy was, they, I mean, they shouldn't have had 67 yards or whatever they had against us. That's just not acceptable. Yeah. And Dorian O'Daniel, uh, every time I see him on, he's making plays on special teams all the time. I see him make tackles. He's flying around back there. There's no way that he's he can't go in for some coverage for some coverage plays. Like there's it's not there's no way he's that bad that they think like if they they run the ball then he's not gonna be able to handle it. Like if they need to put them in pa in obvious passing situations, he needs to be out there or someone or someone else because if they're just gonna sit there and run halfback wheel, they they're gonna get free play, free yards on it every time if we're not gonna cover them. So yeah, it's obviously annoying. Um, I know it's easier said than done to to fix things as when you're watching as a fan and just assuming the coaches can fix it right away. But it seems like it would be a pretty simple fix. But yeah, who knows? 
Yeah, and moving on to the next thing that uh, was pretty disappointing was the fact that McCole Hardman only got nine snaps. So after starting the game off quickly um, and, you know, had a reception for a touchdown um, on a little shovel pass, and he took it 30 yards to the touchdown for a touchdown, um, and then he had another reception of 25 yards, um, they kind of just took him out of the game which I don't, I don't know if something happened. I don't know what happened, but two reception, two targets for two receptions on two targets for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he got four snaps in the passing game. I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, but hopefully, especially considering a guy like Demarcus Robinson, um, he got 38 snaps. Um, so something, Something happened. I'm, I don't know what. I know Andy Reid came out and said, um, you know, we we should have gotten. That's my fault. Uh, we should have gotten him more involved in the passing game. Uh, we just didn't because you know that's how the rotation happened or something like that. That was his excuse. But you know, McCall Hardman is an explosive player, um, and I think he definitely could have helped this offense. Um, you know, especially on fourth and three, um, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a jet sweep or something. Yeah. I don't know anything but a punt. It, it doesn't make it makes no sense that he's not getting any more snaps. I've seen he's third among wide receivers in yards and pretty close to the top as far as rookies go. Um, and it just doesn't make sense that he's not getting more snaps. He has infinitely less snaps than any of the other rookie wide receivers who are not like McLaurin and DK Metcalf like are the top two I believe right now as far as yards as yards go. And it Hardman has like. 60 to 80 less snaps even more and than McLaurin I get that they don't have as many weapons we have a ton of weapons to get to get involved but at the same time it doesn't matter like when he should be in there at almost almost every play there's no reason that after he's making explosive plays every time he's on the field and then you're gonna just take him out for the rest of the game it doesn't make any sense yeah even like I don't know I would much rather him be in there than D-Rob at this point just because with with him, there's a you know fairly good chance that he's going to break off a huge amount of yards, um, even though you know he's not getting the ball as often as D. Rob is when he's in or whatever you want to say. I just think it, it's more beneficial to have Mikol in. Um, I I think that he's going to greatly benefit us these next few years. You know that's probably going to be one of the best picks um, from our draft this year. Yeah, him and Thornhill for sure. I mean, Thornhill's yeah. been outstanding, and, and Hardman's been great as well. And, um, I mean, Colin Saunders is coming into his own as well. And, you know, Rashad Fenton has definitely flashed some ability to be a uh, solid cornerback um, for this team. Um, so moving on to the next thing that disappointed was LaShawn McCoy's fumble. Um, that was really a momentum shifter um, in the game. And, you know, he this is his second fumble on the year. And everybody knows how he carries the ball, um, you know, way out to the side. And then, like, right before he gets hit, he tucks it. Uh, but, I mean, he, he fumbled it. Um, he averages a little over two fumbles uh, per year for his career. So, hopefully hopefully this is the last one. Uh, get he's out of the way early. Yeah, get it out of the way early. And hopefully this is the last one that he puts on the ground. But, once again, um, it's just so weird that Andy Reid, just completely went away. Like he, McCoy made one mistake. He was averaging like five yards a carry. He made one mistake and then he never gave him the ball again. That's like the fourth time this year that 
that Andy Reid's done that with his running backs. It was Damian Wilson. Uh, it's happened to LaShawn McCoy twice this year, and it's happened to Damian Wilson twice this year, or uh, Damian Williams twice this year. And it's just like, I don't know, I don't get it. Why go completely away from them, especially whenever, other than the mistake that they made, they've been successful during the game. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. It's like, I get that he's like trying to like punish them for like, you don't get to be on the field if you fumble. But handing out a punishment is not as important as winning the football game. Like they McCoy helps us win the football game. Like I get that it's very frustrating the way he holds the ball and he needs to not do it that way or he's going to keep fumbling because teams know that teams are trying to make him fumble now. Like they're going to try to make him fumble, but I don't, but pulling him out of the game for pretty much the rest of the game is not going to work. While I don't have a problem with Damian Williams, uh, but it's, he's just not the same. He doesn't have the explosiveness that McCoy has. Um, and when McCoy's on the field, he's always able – he could almost, you know, bring it to the end zone every play. Like, I mean, obviously that doesn't happen, but at least there's the, the chance. If you put Williams in there, yes, he's a good player, but it's just not as explosive. And dur- during a game where we don't have our quarterback and we need explosive plays, uh, this doesn't make sense to bench him just because he fumbled once. Yeah, I want to compare it to, like – youth sports like when you're in youth sports you you mess up your coach pulls you out so that you understand you can't do that in the future but this is quite obviously the nfl and shady is definitely the better true running back um you know damian wilson definitely benefits us in the passing game but we didn't need that you know last game because mahomes is out and shady was had great levels of production so i don't i don't like the move personally um maybe it's just it just hurts that we have quote unquote too much talent at that position to where we can do that. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully he stops doing that in the future so that, you know, McCoy can find his rhythm after he messes up. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the benefit of it. And it doesn't give him, it doesn't help him build confidence to not fumble anymore. Like if you take a guy out and set him, you're like, they're going to sit there and think about that. Like if you just put him back out on the field, they, they get right back to going what they were doing. And, um, you know, moving on with the game instead of sitting there dwelling on it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I get it because they didn't, after that happened, they kind of, I mean, the Chiefs were trailing. Um, so, I mean, they kind of went away from the run game. Um, but, I mean, in the same breath, like you said, he needs to um, build his rhythm and, you know, maintain that confidence. Uh, going on to the next um, topic or next thing that disappointed was the fact that the Chiefs punted on fourth and three. Uh you know, I think there was five minutes left when they decided to punt. And um, as soon as that happened, I, I kind of just knew that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was going to run the clock out because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, and I, I, it wasn't because I didn't have faith in our defense. Our defense had played great. And, you know, I obviously had a little bit of hope that, you know, they could make a stop there. Um, but I just didn't have that much confidence in it because, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is notorious for being able to, you know, put games away um, in these scenarios. Um, so, yeah, Andy Reid or whoever called decided to punt on fourth and three um, instead of, I don't know, do literally anything, like I said earlier, uh, run McCole Hardman on a jet sweep, uh, try to get three yards, give the ball to someone quick, Tyree Kill, I don't know, run Travis Kelsey over the middle, I don't know. Uh, Anthony Sherman on a fullback dive, literally anything. <laughs> it's I don't ridiculous care. to not go for that. We have nothing to had nothing to lose in that game at all. We we were not supposed to win it in the first place. 
why would you sit there and punt it back to Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, and is in clutch time is, you know, I mean, obviously he's clutch like that. That's what he's known for. Like he's, he's a good, he's good at finishing the games out the prop and you're going to punt it right back to him instead of giving our offense a chance to, it just doesn't, I don't know. I can't fathom it. I know every, literally everybody was mad about it. Uh, I just don't get how you punt it on fourth and three. The minute they punted it, I knew that it was game over. They weren't, we weren't getting the ball back. I don't see how Andy Reid doesn't see that or who, whoever made the call that it, like, I don't know if they saw it analytically speaking or something that that was the best thing to do, but uh, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was just really aggravating. Like you guys said, in a game where there was n- literally no one expected us to have a chance, we have a chance. Why not go for it? Um, the only thing I can think of is like Andy Reid likes what the defense has been doing all game and forgets what quarterback is on the other side of the field. Um, but you know, maybe there's a chance. Like that's not that that bad of a play call if Philip Rivers is on the other side of the field. But it's Aaron Rodgers, and like you guys said, that's what he's known for. Uh, I didn't really have any hope once that was the play call, and you know. The outcome that everybody thought was going to happen did happen, and here we are at five and three. Yeah, and kind of building off of the bad coaching decisions, um, you know, Andy Reid's clock management has always been an issue, uh, but it was an issue again in this game, uh, in the sense that Andy Reid called a timeout before the two-minute warning um, that saved zero seconds <laughs> on the in the game. He called the timeout, um, and then they snapped the ball. And just ran the clock down to to the two minute warning, um, and then at that point, they just ran the clock out from there. Right. So, like, I I don't understand how I don't know if Andy Reid does have a guy um, in the box saying, "Hey, you need to call a timeout here." Um, and if he does, why isn't he listening to him? Um, and if he doesn't, then why doesn't he have a guy, you know, running? analytics and numbers and data um on these situations telling them oh you need to punt here or you don't need to punt here you should go for it or you need to call a timeout here because if you do and they get the first down uh then you have no chance at getting the ball back it's just things like that um have been super frustrating um by Andy Reid you know throughout his career and I know Eagles fans dealt with it um and then we've obviously seen it over the last six or seven years. So um, that's something, especially with a team like this, that, you know, we're so close uh, whenever Patrick Mahomes is on the field. We're so close to, you know, being a Super Bowl team. Um, you can't have stupid mistakes like that. Uh, you will get outcoached. And that's something that Bill Belichick and the Patriots have been so successful at is because they don't make stupid mistakes like that. Yeah, and it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous if, if he is like, I don't know if he's too proud to admit that he's not good with clock management. I know he'll be like, yeah, that was my mistake, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, how many times do you have to do that in a row before you sit there and be like, all right, there's a problem. I need to get some help. Bring someone in. They have, they have coaches that literally, I, I don't know who, who it is. I can't remember what, I think it's the, the Rams coach, McVay, who has literally a guy that just sits there and pulls him back away from the field when he gets too close. You can't tell me that they couldn't hire a guy to be like, hey, don't call a timeout here. Hey, call a timeout here. Like, if they're going to, ha- you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, you have to figure it out. Um, and when people are sitting at home and they're like, 
that are not involved in or sports organizations or anything in, in coaching in general are like, hey, that didn't make sense that he did that. It's it's pretty telling. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Austin. If they do have a guy who is telling him to call the timeouts, uh, he needs to be fired immediately. That's <laughs> just that's my only comment. If they do have someone who, you know, they've already thought of this, fire that dude, period. Yeah, Andy Reid has been in too many situations. He's coached for way too long to not know when he's supposed to call timeouts and when he is supposed to call timeouts. He has no excuse um, for making those mistakes. And honestly, like like I said, he can't be doing that uh, once we get into the playoffs because if you do that against the Patriots, you're done. Um, if you do that against a team like or a team with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, we just saw it, you're done. Um, you can't make those mis- those mistakes um, on the coaching side, and you just need to. Andy Reid needs to figure that out. He needs to head back to the drawing board and, you know, learn when it's appropriate to call timeouts and when it's not appropriate to call timeouts. When it's appropriate to punt the football and when it's not appropriate to punt the football. Um, so moving on to the most uneventful trade deadline recap. Um, there was a little bit of talk there. Um, it had a sweat in a little bit. Um, Le'Veon Bell, uh, there were talks that the Chiefs were interested in acquiring Le'Veon Bell from the New York Jets. Um, as you guys know, running backs don't matter. Uh, but I tweeted this out and I said, I don't care how much I sit here and believe that, you know, running backs don't matter because I do believe that they don't matter. Um, but I can't sit here and say that it wouldn't have been fun to see Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City. Yeah, that's basically how I feel about it too. Um, I don't. We don't need him. Like, there's definitely bigger things that we need to address. Um, as far as you know, with the defense is concerned and all of that. But you know, just adding Le'Veon Bell to our offense would be almost cheating. Like the way our offense would be set up, it'd be absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it, it, I don't think it would work out um, the way we'd have to pay him. We'd have to figure some stuff out for next year, um, you know, and that kind of makes a little, it would make it a little bit harder to get the Chris Jones deal done and all of that and have to and be able to pay Mahomes. So um, it's probably a good. It's a good thing that they didn't do it, but uh, it would have definitely been been interesting. I just think it's weird, like, because my to my understanding, it was the Chiefs that reached out to the Jets. Um, you know, they the deal was supposed to be for a first round pick. That was what the Jets um, price was. And I I don't see the Chiefs doing that just because of how much Le'Veon is owed. But I just want to know why the Chiefs reached out. Because, you know, we have McCoy and he's done great. Two fumbles this year. We have Wilson. You know, we have Daryl. We have Darwin. Why, why do you think the Chiefs would even like reach out? It's overkill at this point. Um, I mean, they could have sent a running back back to New York um, in exchange for Le'Veon Bell. I really don't know what – I don't know if the Chiefs are just like – it could have been a preliminary inquiry. I mean, they could have just said, hey, like, uh, what do you all want for Le'Veon Bell? And, and, you know, if we could work something out, would you all be willing to pay half of his salary? You know, stuff like that. I mean, it it could have never been anything more than saying, hey, what is he? what are you guys asking for? Yeah. So – um, the next guy that was traded, which I wish the Chiefs would have uh, done this deal. Um, Aqib Tlaib was traded to the Miami Dolphins along with a fifth-round pick for a seventh-round pick. 
So the Rams basically just paid four and a half million dollars or paid a fifth round pick for four and a half million dollars. Um, so, I mean, the Chiefs have the cap room. Uh, if they can get to leave back um, week 16 or week 17 um, and pick up a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick, that that's something that I would have been interested in. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. I wish, heck, even if it was a sixth round pick, if they sent Tlaib in a sixth round pick uh, to us and we get him for week 17 and the playoffs, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Maybe he won't even play all year long. Maybe the Dolphins will just wave him. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see. Um, but that's something that I would have been interested in seeing the Chiefs do. Uh, it's one of those deals like they'd uh, happened to Brock Osweiler a couple year or a year or two ago. Um, they traded him to the Browns uh, along with a second-round pick just to get his number off the books. Um, so Tlaib goes from the Rams to Miami. Yeah, and I don't know if there was... I don't know if they, if they didn't want to deal with it or they just, you know, they didn't think it was worth it at that point. Um, you know, just because you don't know he's going to, you're going to get him back. Uh, yeah, but it was, it definitely was a pretty solid deal that they got for it. I wouldn't have definitely not, would have not been mad if, if the chiefs would have done it. Um, but maybe with the, with our uh, DBs uh, playing pretty well, they didn't want to, they didn't feel the need that it was something that they had to do. So then they didn't, um, but uh, yeah, it was not, it was definitely a pretty pretty solid deal that the the Dolphins got out of it. I'm just so disappointed that this is what we're what we're talking about. Like I was really hoping that something big would have happened, uh, mm-hmm. but you know we all just kind of sat there with our whatever in our hands and just waited for the headline. Nothing ever happened. Um, you know, Veach feels confident that what we have is good enough to get us to whatever their expectation is should be Super Bowl. Um, so let, let's hope that that's, you know, right. And, um, I, I think, you know, there's still a possibility, whatever is possible with Mahomes, but we'll see, um, you know, we'll see coming up here in the next few games, um, just how good the chiefs are. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that beach is comfortable with what we have. Um, I mean, more than he just wasn't comfortable with giving up what teams were asking. Uh, I, I mean, if Darius Slay is sitting there available, but the Dol- or, but the Lions want a first-round pick and a second-round pick, um, is Darius Slay worth a first and a second-round pick at 28 years old and it needs a new contract? I don't know. Um, you know, so a guy that I would have liked to see them acquire personally would have been Janoris Jenkins, you know, who's a little bit older, um, has a little bit high of a cap number. Um, but, I mean, if... The Giants are sitting there asking for a third-round pick. I'm not going to give them a third-round pick. I'd give them a fifth-round pick. Um, but those are just the type of things that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, we don't know what teams are asking for for their players. Um, so, I mean, the Chiefs didn't do anything at the deadline, and, and that's that. Um, a couple other things to, to n- note real quick before we move on from the trade deadline recap. Um, Chris Harris Jr., um, of the Denver Broncos stays in Denver. Um, and, you know, pretty much everybody else, Slay stays in Detroit. Um, Patrick Peterson obviously stays in Arizona. Um, there was really nothing big that happened at the deadline. Everything got done, um, you know, in the days prior. Um, so, I mean, very uneventful, as I said. 
Moving on to the next thing, um, the Chiefs return, or I guess stay at Arrowhead because they were in Arrowhead last week, um, but they're in Arrowhead against the Minnesota Vikings for week nine. And um, is there a possibility that Mahomes returns? I don't know. I I think there's a there's a possibility. Um, you know, like we talked earlier that uh, he thought he, if this was, would have been a playoff game, he said he would have been would have been playing. Um, and I and I if he's I think he if he had the option he would be out there. Um, it's really going to come down to is the coaching staff going to let him play? Um, because I know Mahomes wants to be out on that field. He wanted to be out there this week. Um, you could tell. Um, but I think it's I think it's definitely possible if I if he's healthy. And uh, everything seems to be good. Um, I think he'll be out there. Um, I think it'll all depend. A lot of it'll depend on if we get any of the back, Fisher and Wiley. Um, that would, I think that they would be more comfortable putting him out there with those guys back. Um, but we'll just have to see. If he's ready to go, I say put him out there. I think Matt Moore's performance might have hurt his chances of getting back out there, um, just depending on how he is feeling. Because Matt Moore proved, like you said, that he is a competent quarterback. He can hold it together. Um, he obviously put us in a position to where we could we had a chance in that game. So Mahomes isn't needed, you know, until he's fully healthy at this point. Uh, Matt Moore can put us in a position to where we can beat the Vikings, in my opinion. So, you know, if Mahomes isn't 100%, there's no reason to bring him back um, in this game. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to are the Chiefs willing to risk dropping to 5-4 and four, um, and losing another game at home? I... I don't know if they are or not. It'll be 17 days removed from Mahomes' injury um, on Sunday whenever they match up against the Vikings. Um, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to guess that Mahomes does play. Um, I That's probably a naive guess. Uh, but just given the fact that they lost to the Packers, um, and we saw Mahomes practice all week last week, um, I think he'll play. Uh, but I could definitely see a scenario where he sits out this week as well. Um, and returns against the Titans next week. Um, so moving on to the next thing to watch for Week 9, um, the return of other key players. So Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Eric Fisher, Kendall Fuller, and Andrew Wiley. Um, those are five starters, two on offense and three on defense, um, that are crucial to this team. Um, and it's obvious that their absence has been hurting this team. And um, it'll be really nice to get at least some of them back, if not all of them, this week. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with Frank Clark, um, but it sounds like Chris Jones might play. Um, you know, Fisher and Wiley, uh, they practiced last week as well. Um, they were ruled out. And then Kendall Fuller has the broken thumb, which he played with last year. I'm not really sure if this is the exact same injury or if it's something different. Um, but, you know, I guess Fuller has the possibility of playing as well, um, especially going against a Vikings team that might have Adam Thielen back to go along with Stefan Diggs. Those are two really, really good wide receivers that um, we're going to have a tough time covering, especially with Dalvin, Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, you know, we're going to have to figure out a really, really good game plan um, against the Vikings here because they've got some serious weapons on offense that we're going to have to come out and stop. Yeah, and I think that um, so as far as the two uh, offensive linemen, we got Fisher and Wiley. Um, that, like I said, I think that'll help predict if Mahomes is going to be able playing or not. Um, either way, um, even if he doesn't play, it, it's definitely nice to have him back, get Matt Moore even more time to throw. Um, but I did a pretty decent job last week. Um, getting Fuller back uh, w- would be nice. 
Um, actually, Fenton's been playing pretty good in his absence, though. So I don't. I mean, I, I'm sure he hasn't lost his spot yet, but they probably share some snaps. Um, bring maybe you can have him back start the start the game and bring Fenton in if he's not still not 100 percent healthy. Um, as for Clark and Jones, um, obviously we really want to see how those guys will do when they're when they're back and healthy um, with how the D line has looked lately. It'd be a big addition, um, and yeah. So if we can get those guys back, uh, we're a much better team, obviously. Yeah, I think uh, getting Jones back this week is going to be crucial to help us stop uh, Dalvin Cook, um, and also just to stop the pass. Um, if we can put pressure, you know, hopefully Thielen, you know, isn't back this week, isn't fully healthy, um, and then we can just focus on Diggs. But uh, you know, if their offense is running fluidly, we're going to have a lot of trouble this weekend coming up here. Yeah, I agree. And, and speaking of stopping the offense. Um, really comes down to how are we going to stop Dalvin Cook? He's the number one running back in the league right now. Um, he's been going absolutely nuts. Um, he can catch the ball. He's basically, he's got a similar style um, to Aaron Jones uh, on steroids, basically, um, at least this year. And uh, Dalvin Cook, he's just been destroying teams. Um, and so I think we're going to have a hell of a time trying to stop Dalvin Cook. You know, we haven't had too terrible of a time stopping running backs the last couple weeks um, in terms of running the football. Um, but Dalvin Cook is one of those guys who can go out there and catch the football as well. Um, and he could definitely burn you down the sideline on a wheel route. So I think that's something that Steve Spagnuolo is really, really going to come out um, and need to make an adjustment for. He's going to need to get safeties matched up on running backs more often this week. Um, he can't have linebackers uh, streaking down the sideline to try and catch up with running backs on wheel routes. That's, that's just not going to work. Um, if you're doing that on a regular basis. Um, so he needs to figure that out um, and figure out a way to stop Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and I think stopping Dalvin Cook um, all starts with our the way if our linebackers can play better than they have been, um, being able to go up there and fill the gaps. Um, I think that getting Clark would be back would be very beneficial because um, as we saw in the previous games, uh, when he's playing that side kind of, they don't really run to that side very much, or if they do, he stops it pretty quickly. Uh, same with Jones. Uh, he helps out a little bit with that. Um, I think bringing Matthew down and letting him come up there and help with the run will be would be crucial. And um, just you know, talent, making sure we're in the right formations for it. And uh, we've been doing better the past couple of weeks, but definitely he's gonna. I don't think we're gonna be able to stop him completely, but hopefully we can slow him down. I think this is like the last big test for our defense before I can completely buy in and say that they've, you know, completely changed from how they were playing this, um, you know, earlier in the season. If we can step up big here and limit Dalvin, uh, which will definitely end up limiting um, the way that, uh, you know, the rest of their offense plays, um, I'll be, you know, definitely converted to the, to the thought that our defense has completely turned it around. Um, which will definitely help later on in the season when it gets cold and teams are running it more often. Yeah, and um, I mean, our defense really just needs to continue this upward trend. They've gotten so much better over the last couple weeks. Um, and, you know, I even though they allowed 31 points um, to the Packers um, and basically allowed Dow- or Aaron Jones to gash us um, in the passing game, um, outside of that, they really weren't that bad at all. I mean, like I said, they held uh, wide receivers to 101 yards. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for Aaron Jones, um, you know, their offense would have been pretty barren. So um, 
the defense needs to continue this upward trend. And, you know, whenever they get a couple guys back, like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, um, and maybe Kendall Fuller, you know, I think that upper trend is definitely going to continue, um, especially given that, you know, Spagnolo has now shown that he can work with backups like Emmanuel Ogba and Tano Passanio to come out and uh, produce five sacks. Um, so that's definitely something good to see. And hopefully once our three starters that are out right now return, um, they can come out and, you know, ramp this defense up a little bit and uh, take it to the next level. Yeah, and definitely with the moves that we made over made over the offseason, we all thought that our defense would be a lot better, and it did not look like it at the beginning of the year. It's nice to see that they're actually stepping up, and Spagnuolo's made some adjustments and things things of that nature. Um, and if he can continue to do that and our defense, we can get our, our starters back, um, I think they can only go up. So, you know, they're not going to go back. As long as we don't go back to the, the formations we were doing last year, or, you know, the blitzing is, is what's really helped us out a lot. We've been blitzing almost, I think, what was it? I, we were watching a thing, and they blitzed on, like, 60% of the snaps in the last game. Yeah. Something around that. And, uh, you know, not sitting back and just waiting for teams to beat us. We're actually getting out there, being aggressive, and that's definitely what we want to see, and hopefully that continues going forward. Yeah, the games are much more enjoyable watching because um, there's always a chance that we can get a sack now these past few games. Um Especially with all the pressures, like we said earlier, uh, 21 pressures, five sacks. That's a lot, especially on Aaron Rodgers. So hopefully we keep that up, um, especially with the return of Jones and Clark and uh, Fuller here in the future. Um, I don't see our defense backing down at all. Can, should be, you know, like we said, the continued upward trend. Yeah, and, and moving on to the next thing uh, to watch for is can Andy Reid rediscover this team's identity? Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes out, uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, and, you know, a few defensive starters out. Um, you know, it's a it's a tough thing because this team has lost three games now. Um, three games that they definitely had the ability to win. Um, and, you know, had they done a few things differently, they probably should have won. Uh, you know, this team, I, w- I don't want to sit here and say that they've lost their identity. I don't think that's what's happened. Um, but what we saw from what we saw last year uh, to what we've seen this year, um, this team is definitely, um, you know, a little bit of a slump and they need to get out of that slump. Andy Reid needs to rediscover this team's identity, um, get back to that explosive offense. Um, and, you know, I think our defense is starting to find their identity. Uh, we see that they're willing tacklers now, um, which is which is really nice to see. Um, we've are way more aggressive than we were the first six weeks. Um, so, you know, now that our defense is starting to come up, um, hopefully we get Mahomes back and our offense can get rolling uh, with Sammy Watkins back and then Eric Fisher and Andrew Wiley returning soon as well. I do. I, I just want to know why Kelsey hasn't had um, the year that, you know, we kind of expected him to have. I don't know if that's, you know, something that the offense felt like they didn't need this year. But we've really kind of been missing him offensively. I feel like he needs to get back in the mix, maybe become part of the new identity for the second half of the season. Because when he's in there, and we've got Tyreek healthy and Mahomes healthy, it's just a great another added element that teams have to watch out for. And I feel like they haven't really had to thus far this year. Yeah, I don't really know why. It seems like Kelsey's just a little bit off. And he's missed, you know, Mahomes has missed him a few times. Um, But... 
there's been a lot of drops by Kelsey. And I know that sometimes that happens. Sometimes he uh, is a little careless with the ball as well. Um, but yeah, it's this year. It's, it's been kind of weird. You, you, he gets still gets his yards usually per game, uh, but just not making the big plays that you would think he would every every game. Uh, just looks like a tad bit off, and I, I'm not really sure uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, I think uh, a combination of you know Patrick Mahomes going out, um, and then you know uh, Tyreek Hill missing, you know since week one. Um, I think Tyreek Hill opens up a lot for Travis Kelsey. And, you know, even without Travis Ke- or without Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey was sitting there. He'd get 80 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards. Um, he'd he'd get the, his yards, um, but it really wasn't opening him up, him up in the red zone. Um, and I think the reason for that is the fact that Tyree Kill is out. And, you know, they're not having to double team uh, Tyree Kill and, you know, take a guy off of Travis Kelsey and get those one-on-one coverages that we saw Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes exploit last year uh, with Travis Kelsey. Um, so with Tyreek Hill back and, and Sammy Watkins healthy, um, I think once Patrick Mahomes come back, I think, I really do, I think we'll see Travis Kelsey really start rolling um, in terms of the touchdown production. I mean, he's sitting at 600 yards right now through half a season. Um, so he's on pace for 1,200 yards, which is, you know, great for a tight end. Um, it's not like he's having a down year in terms of yards, um, but the t- the touchdowns are certainly down. I mean, he's sitting at two touchdowns right now. Um, he got his second one last week with Matt Moore. So, you know, hopefully we'll get Travis Kelsey rolling, um, and I believe they will. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, the people are talking about, like, are the Chiefs even a playoff team now? And it's just ridiculous. Like, when when Holmes comes back, when we get everybody back healthy, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be back to the team we thought we were going to be and the team that we are. So I, it, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, you know, whatever happens until Mahomes gets back, but – once he gets back, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be just fine, especially with our defense trending upwards. Yeah, for sure, I I agree. Um, and you know, with all these guys back, and hopefully our offense uh, will be fully healthy and ready to go when Mahomes comes back, um, and that'll be a huge boost to this. Not only the offense, obviously, whenever Mahomes comes back, but the entire team take yep. a lot of pressure off the defense and uh, you know open some things up for the team as a whole. Um, in closing, uh, we have a giveaway going on right now. There's three days left. It's the House of Hoodies giveaway. Um, so you can get, you know, the Patrick Mahomes number on the back, Patrick Mahomes or Mahomes on the back as well. So it basically looks just like a Chiefs jersey, um, but it's a hoodie. Uh, me and Ori have one. They're super comfortable, uh, super warm for the winter. Um, and you have three days left on that. It's about a $70 hoodie. Um, so, you know, that's it's definitely something that you would want to uh, retweet and follow us, um, you know, to have a chance to win. Um, And then the next thing is we have a store opened up. Um, You know, we opened that up a month, a month and a half ago. So you guys go ahead and check that out. We're still running the promo AL 10 K for 10% off um, everything in the store. And hopefully we've been talking. uh, We've got some new designs coming out that we think you guys are really going to like. So keep an eye out for those as well. Um, that's about it for this week, guys. We'll come back to you guys next week with episode 24. Um, hopefully coming off a Chiefs win this time, you know, have something more positive to talk about. Um, and then, you know, we'll all be in better moods because of it. So thank yeah. you guys for listening. Go Chiefs.